praise team. Thank you, Sebastian. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, if you'll pull those out. Uh, last week, I, I encouraged us to, through these summer months, to bring our hard copy. I know our phones are convenient, but uh, I want to encourage us to, to not let the holding, the carrying of our Bible become something of the past. Just because we have the Bible app on our phones, uh, man, let's not, let, let's be that, those people that are known for carrying their Bible. Hey, hey, students, be that guy on campus that carries your Bible around, that other people ask you, what's, what's that all about? Can I just tell you that when people see this, it makes a statement. It, it's an identifier. You don't have to say a word. It's an identifier of who you are. And so... Let me encourage you to do that, and hopefully over the summer months, it will establish a habit in our lives to be known for carrying our Bible. We continue today, part two of this series, Summer in Psalms. Today's uh, psalm is one that would be considered, some would consider it a penitent psalm. You have your outline, I hope, there, Psalm 32. But if we take the title into account, it might help us uh, understand a little bit more of what and how we should take this psalm. Uh, If you have your Bibles or or whatever form you have it in, and and in just a minute we're going to all read it together like we did last week. We're going to do that through this series. Um, You'll see at the top of that psalm, in my, my Bible, it has in some... Uh, italicized font, blessed are the forgiven. Does your, does your Bible say that? Well, that's not the title that I'm talking about. That's something that someone added at a later time just to kind of give us a cliff notes heading of what's coming. But what I'm talking about is that little line right there that says, a mascal of David. You see that? Again, this is a term that we just, saw, we just, we pass right over it and we get to verse one. I don't know what mascal means, so I don't really worry about it. I'm just going to go to verse 1. Well, what is a mascal? As you remember, this series, we're going to stop and look at the selah moments in Psalms this summer. Selah is a word that's in the text. It's not been added years later. It's in the text. And so we, we learned last week, those are moments to pause, to reflect, take a breath. Let's marinate in what we just read. And as Charles Spurgeon said, and I read this last week, he said, this is the time, Selah moments are the time that, that we're to restring, retune our hearts because our hearts get out of tune sometimes. Let's retune our heart, get it back in tune. Selah. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, mascal. What's mascal? It's another term that we ought to learn, that we ought to be familiar with because it'll help us understand what's coming. A mascal, according to Brown, Drivers, Briggs, Hebrew lexicon, is a contemplative poem, something that we should gain insight from. It is the first of 12 psalms that are mascal psalms. Psalm 32 is. So this is an instructive psalm. This is a teaching psalm from David. Some scholars would say that this this psalm is connected to Psalm 51. You're probably familiar with Psalm 51. It's the one that was written right after David. Hold on on that verse for just a second. 
it's, it's the psalm that David wrote right after his sin with Bathsheba. Remember that? Create in me a clean heart, my Lord. Some would say that Psalm 32 is associated with Psalm 51 because of verse 13 in Psalm 51. Let's look at this one together. Psalm, Psalm 51, 13 says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Some scholars say that Psalm 32 is the teaching that's being referred to in Psalm 51. When he had messed up, he had sinned, and his sin was in front of him, and he knew he had messed up, and, and created me. Okay, so Psalm 32, um, a teaching psalm that you and I should be instructed by. It's a maskal of David. St. Augustine said this was his favorite psalm. In fact, before he died, he had... Psalm 32, imprinted on the wall next to his bed. This is what St. Augustine said. He said, uh, the beginning of knowledge is to know oneself to be a sinner. Psalm 32 was his, one of his favorite psalms because having it there on the wall next to his bed made it easier for him to meditate upon that psalm. We're going to read it aloud together in just a moment. And when we do that, after we do that, we're going to look at three words for sin, three words of pardon, and then three words of response. Something I've discovered over the last few weeks in preparing this for this series is it's a lot easier to teach psalms than it is to preach psalms. Today's psalm is one gigantic vocabulary lesson. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> vocab? Now, we're not going to have a vocab test, but I'm guessing by the end of our time together, you're going to have six to eight words that you have a greater understanding for. Uh, uh, your vocabulary list is going to deepen. I'm guessing that you already have an idea of what these words mean. I just hope today that we can clarify it. And that God may want to do something in you and in me in these Selah moments. There's three of them in this, in this psalm. When we read it here in just a moment, I want you to notice where those are. Two of them are on the front side and the back side of verse 5. We ought to take note of verse 5. Because we're going to contemplate on both sides of it. There's another one further, further along in the psalm. So if you will stand with me if you're able... In honor of reading God's word, let's read Psalm 32 together and read in your translation, whichever one that, that you carry, whichever one you have, uh, it's printed on the back side of your uh, outline if you have that, and I believe we have it on the screen as well. Psalm 32, a mascal of David. Blessed is the one who, whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. 
I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the ways you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay with you near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Father, we ask that today you would open the eyes of our heart that we may see you, that we may hear from you, and Father, you would do in us as you please. I pray this in your name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You notice those Selah moments. We're going to take time to stop and reflect today. If you're a guest with us, uh, just know that this is, uh, we're not afraid of silence. Silence is something that we're not used to. It, it will be different. When we get to these Selah moments in a few minutes, I, I'm going to, at least a minute, to some people it will feel like five minutes. We're not used to silence. But it is good to be quiet before the Lord and allow him to speak and listen and reflect upon what God's word has just said. So I want us to notice very quickly in verses 1 and 2, three words for sin. You have your outline there. The first word is transgressions. Look at what it says in verse 1. By the way, this psalm starts with two huge beatitudes. You recognize that? Blessed are those. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the one whose, sin, whose transgression is forgiven. The word transgression, check this out. It means rebellion or revolt. It carries the sense of, I don't care what God says. I'm going to do it anyway. You ever had a rebellious thought? You ever had a rebellious action? Now, most of us will think back to our teenage years. Of, That's when I was rebellious. I'm not rebellious anymore, Joel. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I don't rebel. That was just at that little season in my life. Are you saying that there's not times that you know God said, didn't, God said don't do that, and you go, I'm doing it anyway. I know God said don't do that, but I'm doing it anyway. You have a rebellious spot in your heart there? You've heard me talk about my family heritage and how my great-great-grandmother used to tell her son, when things are not going well, when things are not going in the right direction, when you're someplace and people start doing stuff that is wrong, 
You get on your horse and you ride. I've heard that most of my life. My boys have heard it all of their life. It's just, that's what we say in our family. It's who we are. Get on your horse and ride. It's kind of our code language in our family of you know what we expect and do it. And I'm just suggesting that as adults, man, there's times that we know God has said don't do that and we have a little little place in our heart where we say I don't care, I'm doing it anyway. Look at what David says. He says, blessed is the man whose rebelliousness is forgiven. That's not time for Selah yet, so I don't want you to just start contemplating on all the rebellious things that you made. Hold on, just we'll have time for that. But I need you to understand this vocabulary word of transgression. Rebellion. Revolt. The second word is sin. We're familiar with this one. It's probably the most common word. Sin is an archery term that refers to missing the mark. When an archery, archer goes out to the shooting range, hey, listen, even, even if some of you are, you like to go out to a shooting range, go skeet shooting or, or to target practice, whatever, you don't go with the intent to miss the bullseye, do you? No. We go with the intent to hit the bullseye. The archer goes with the intent to, boom, split the arrow that's already in the bullseye. I mean, that's what we aim at. And so he's referring to this issue of sin. And you and I can relate to it. Check, listen, I'm not sure we grasp the. You and I walk through life trying to please God, don't we? I was hoping I'd get an amen on that one or something. Somebody would agree with me. We go through life trying to please God, right? And, And sometimes we miss the mark. It's not an issue of rebellion. It's not an issue of going and saying, I don't care. I know God said that, but I'm I'm doing it this way anyway. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what he says here in this part. He says, blessed is the man whose sin is covered. I know you're trying to please me, but you missed the mark. You missed. Last week in the Rockies game, there's a runner on first. The Rockies are out in the field. There's a runner on first. Ball is hit to Trevor Story at shortstop. The runner was already on his way because he was going to try to steal second. Trevor Story grounds the ball, goes to flip it to the second baseman so they can turn the double play. He had to hurry it a little bit because the guy was already running. The throw was high, and the second baseman missed the ball. It goes over his head out in the outfield. David Dahl, the right fielder, charges to get the ball. As he's running to get it, he misses the ball and overruns the ball. Neither one of those guys had the intent to miss the ball. They planned on catching it, but they missed it. And friends, listen, that happens to you and I as well, doesn't it? Man, I got up this morning, and I spent time in prayer with the Lord, and, and man, I went through my day hoping to please him all day long. But I got to tell you, that that moron that pulled in front of me on the highway and I just thought things came out of my mouth that I didn't know were going to come out of my mouth and I missed the mark. I didn't mean to miss the mark, but I missed the mark. You understand what I'm saying? We need to understand these vocabulary words because they help you and I understand sin. 
Transgression is rebellion. Sin is I just missed. I, I, oh, you know this verse, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And who is his standard? Jesus. Man, we missed the mark. Sin. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven and and the one whose sin is covered. Go on to verse 2. Check this out. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Iniquity. It means depravity or crooked. You ever known people that are just bent towards doing wrong? I mean, it's so easy for them to do wrong. They're just kind of bent that way. When I started looking into this word, you know what came to my mind first? Were those people that walk into a schoolhouse and just start shooting people up. Depraved, man. Crooked. I wonder if there's any of that in my heart or in your heart. I know that there's times that I'm rebellious, and I definitely know that there's times that I miss. I didn't mean to miss, but I missed the mark. But I wonder if I have things in my heart that are, it's just easy for me to do that. Oh, I wonder if there's people that find it so easy to gossip. It sounds sometimes like a prayer request. Hey, we need to be praying for so-and-so because listen to what they were doing. (laughs) Right? Now, I told him I wouldn't say anything, but I think I can trust you. It's just gossip. It's just gossip. But, man, it's just so easy to do. I wonder if there are places in my heart and in your heart where iniquity might be found. We have sin, we have transgressions, and we have iniquity. Three words that we need to understand. Vocabulary. But let's go and look at the next three words of pardon that help us understand what God does with those words that we just learned. The first word is this, forgiven. It means to carry or to take away. It carries this sense. Your sins have been removed and thrown as far as the east is from the west. I have a routine in my life that's similar to every one of you in this room. Okay, almost everyone. On Tuesday mornings, this isn't part of everyone's routine, but immediately following our men's Bible study in my office at 6 a.m., there's a shameless plug. I invite all you men. I rush home. I open up the side gate of our yard, I walk into the back, and I grab the dumpsters. And I carry them to the curb. I don't carry them, I push them. I roll them out to the curb because any minute the trash man is coming. This past week, I had some trellises that were along our fence that uh, a couple of our students came and worked hard and took them down off our fence. They had honeysuckle, they just looked terrible, ugly. Anyway. I dragged them to the front and put them behind the trash can. I wasn't sure the trash man was going to take them. I mean, they were just pretty big. So, went to work, 
Came home after lunch, turned the corner, they're gone. The trash man picked them up, and they're gone. I was forgiven of those items. You know what's never happened? The trash man has never made the block. He's never gone around the block, come back around in front of my house, climbed up on top of the truck. You know, the stuff gets smushed up into the the big bin on the trash truck. I've never seen him come around the block, pull in front of my house, climb up inside that big bin, and start looking for my trash, pulling out my bags and throwing them back out into my yard. That's never happened. Once that trash is taken away, I'll never see it again. I've been forgiven of that trash. And it is the same thing that God does with our sin. Blessed is the man whose rebelliousness is forgiven. It's been carried away, taken away, never to be brought up again. Now guys, in a few minutes, we're going to come to the Lord's table. And scripture teaches us before we come to this table, we need to make our hearts right. Man, it's not time for Selah yet. It's coming in just a minute. But blessed is the man who's, blessed is the woman who's, blessed is the student whose rebelliousness has been forgiven, carried away. Never to be seen again. Now keep going. And, and, and blessed also is the one whose sin is covered. What, that's an easy term for us to define. It's covered. Once it's, if I were to throw a blanket over all of Greg's toys here, if I threw a blanket over that, I couldn't see it anymore. This term, to cover, your sins are no longer visible. Let's be clear, they're no longer visible to God. They're covered. Well, what can cover my sins that God can't see it? Maybe one of these old hymns will explain better than I can find the words. Once, in sin's darkest night... I was wandering alone. A stranger to mercy I stood, but the Savior came near. When, I, when he heard my faint cry, and he put my sin, anybody? Under the blood. They are covered by the blood. They are covered by the blood. My sins are all covered by the blood. My iniquities so vast have been blotted out at last. My sins are all covered by the blood. From the burden I carried now I am set free for Jesus lifted, has lifted my load. Oh, the love and grace I received in its place when he put my sins under the blood. I can never understand why he sought even me, why his lifeblood on Calvary flowed. But sufficient for me, since he died on the tree, he has put my sins under the blood. Here's, a, here's another hymn that I remember singing as a kid. I haven't sang this in a long 
time. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Anybody know this one? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Power. I'm sorry, let me start that over because you were going to sing it with me. There's power. Power. Wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power. Power. Wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb would you be free from your passion and pride there's power in the blood power in the blood come for a cleansing to calvary's tide there's wonderful power in the blood say it with me there's power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there's power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I wonder if your sin has been covered. David, man, this is a mascal. He's teaching us. We need, to, we need to be instructed in this psalm. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. Has the blood of Christ covered you? Oh, it's not time for Selah yet. Well, we'll get there in a minute. And there's one more word that we need to see for what God does with sin. In verse 2, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts. The word count. He counts no iniquity. It's to reckon or to calculate It carries the sense that your sins have been deleted from your account. It doesn't say that you haven't done them. You've done them, but they've been deleted. You do the math. You and I do the math of our life. It's the number of sins, rebellious heart, total. And you and I come up with, <laughs> how big is that number? But blessed is the man that when God does the reckoning, when God does the counting, Zero. Man, if there's anybody that should come to this table with, with joy and gladness in their heart, it should be us who, because of what Christ did on the cross for us, our sins have been forgiven. They've been covered. Our rebelliousness has been, has been carried away, taken away. As far as the east is from the west, Oh, man, we ought to come to this table. Yes, remembering the suffering of Christ, but, man, remembering the day that we experience the forgiveness that God offers us. Verses 3 and 4, we see David hiding from God. Maybe you've felt this before. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as if, as the heat of the summer. Man, listen, the finger of God could crush the planet. But we know what, we know what it is to walk around with guilt and shame, don't we? How heavy that is. 
And we see in verse 3 and 4, David dealing with his transgression and his sin, his iniquity. So we're about to take a Selah moment. I wonder if you would take the opportunity and that I would take the opportunity to say, God, will you help point out to me any rebellious spots in my heart? Do I have sin in there that I didn't notice? God, will you help point that out to me? Do I have any parts of me that are just crooked, man? I just so easy for me to go look at that, for me to think that, for me to say that. It's just some parts that are just so easy. I know they're wrong, but it's just so easy for me to do it. Will you take just a moment and talk with God about those places in your heart? Selah. It's time to get to verse 5. Verse 5 is the focus point of this whole song, man. I mean, there's a Selah in front of it. There's a Selah behind it. So there must be something good in between for, for you and I to, to take note of, to be taught by. This is a mascal of David. It's a contemplative poem that we ought to be instructed by. Let's look at verse 5. Look at what David did. He said, I acknowledge my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I want us to notice a couple of words. Acknowledge. He said, I acknowledged my sin to you. This word, acknowledge, it means to know or perceive. I'm guessing that in this last Selah that we did, we took time to notice or perceive. It carries the sense to tell or to let sin be known. God, I, I, I know that this is sin. So is this. And so That's rebellion. I know it is. And I know that this one is so easy for me to do. It's I'm not trying to live, but I just find it so easy to go down this path, and I know that it's crooked, and I know that it's wrong. And we acknowledge that. David said, man, I acknowledged it to God. And I'm guessing that that's what we just did a few moments ago in that last Selah. But there's another word that I want us to see in verse 5, and that's confess. Confess is to throw or to cast This word carries the sense of admitting 
to a punishable deed. I confess. I've acknowledged it. Yep, that, 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 that. And I cast that to you. Here it is. You've got it. Now, we may have acknowledged a moment ago, but my question for us now in this coming Selah is will you cast it to him? Guys, I'm telling you, this, this psalm has been so meaningful in my life this week because there's things about sin and coming to the Lord in prayer and, and admitting to him the, the attitudes of my heart, the things that I've done that, are, that I know that are not right, and, and really bringing that to him. But here's the deal. Have I cast them to him and said, they're yours? Or some of them have I admitted to, but I hold on to. Because to be quite honest, I enjoy it. I I admit this one's wrong, but I'm going to hold on to it. And today, in this Selah, I'm wondering if there are those sins in my life and in your life that we need to pull those ones out of our pocket that we've been holding on to that we find enjoyable that, listen, if sin wasn't enjoyable, would we do it? No. But I, I want to hold on to this one. Today, would today be the day that we can come to this table and know that we have cast them all to our Lord? And look at the the final phrase in this verse. There's no sense of hesitation. Look at the end of verse 5. And you forgave. You forgave. There's no hesitation there. Man, I cast it upon him and you forgave me. And what a day of liberation, a day of freedom for all of us to come to this table with joy in our heart freedom, of liberation, of forgiveness. Will you cast all of your sins and iniquity upon Jesus today? Selah. The last word I want us to see in response is found in verse 6. It says, after, after acknowledging and confessing and experiencing the forgiveness, he says, therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer. When? To you at a time when you may be found. Friends, listen, we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, are we? We're not guaranteed anything. And today, God is in this room. God is available right now. Offer him prayers. Don't put it off till tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Today is the day to experience this forgiveness that is offered. Today is the day. Can I read one more hymn?
Have I, have I worn out the hymn thing today? Are we okay? Stand with me. Marvelous grace of our Lord, loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there, were, there where the blood of the lamb was spilled. Some of, you, some of you might be able to say this with me. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can we do to wash it away? Look, there is a flowing crimson tide, brighter than snow. You may be today. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, you will this moment, this moment, his grace receive. Say it with me. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater, I'm sorry, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sins. We don't see David hiding from God anymore in the following verses. We see him walking in God as his hiding place. You can see that in verse 7. Will you enjoy the grace of God for just a moment? Selah. Verses that follow this Selah are, are David writing in, in, uh, in a way that is God speaking straight to him or to you and I. Look at the following verses in eight, starting in 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule with, without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay with you. Many are the ways, many, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Will you and I allow God to teach us day in and day out his ways? But I want you to see as we close and, and then come to the table, I want you to see three imperatives found in the last verse of this psalm. Those of us who have received forgiveness, that have experienced this grace, look at verse 11. He says, be glad in the Lord. 
all you. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So to be glad, to rejoice, to shout for joy. Imperatives for us. Yes, this is a solemn remembrance, but it's also a time of great joy for the redeemed in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask those that are going to help us serve communion today, if you would make your way forward. I'm going to ask everyone else to just uh, take a few more moments as we get things prepared to prepare your heart. Uh, Maybe we take another Selah and we will begin.